こんにちは皆さんビジネスサクセスジャパンのポッドキャストへようこそ Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Business Success Japan podcast This is your host Lydia Buchelman My main goal here is to create an easily accessible resource for people who want to develop Japan specific intercultural communication skills especially in business While I can't and won't promise to make you fluent in Japanese, I hope that you will walk away from each episode with a skill, piece of information, or shift in mindset that will help you be more effective in your interactions with Japanese business people. In the previous episode, we looked at some of the more technical aspects of business meetings in Japan. In this episode, we will continue digging more into the topic, focusing mostly on the more subtle behaviors you should be aware of in a meeting. But first, let's review the phrase we learned in the previous episode, which is essentially a more formal way of apologizing or saying excuse me. Shitsure shimas. Shitsure shimasu. Shitsure shimas. Another good phrase to add at this point is the word for hello, which is konnichiwa. Ko n ni. You may have noticed that this is what I say at the beginning of each episode. This phrase is generally used to say hello in the afternoon. However, it would probably only be used the first time you see someone that day. If you encounter someone multiple times a day, people will typically switch to acknowledging the other person with a slight bow after the initial hello. Now, back to meetings. There are some additional things you may want to be aware of during the meeting itself. These are, of course, generalizations, and individuals all have their own preferences and communication styles. These are just overall cultural trends that you should be aware of. But the first thing to know is that there tends to be an emphasis on the concept of saving face in Japanese culture as a whole. So, in a business meeting, you will want to avoid directly criticizing someone, especially in front of others. This actually has the potential to permanently damage your relationship with them, so be especially careful. Surprisingly, this can also apply to complimenting individuals. So, if you compliment someone and they react with discomfort or deflection, it's generally best to either drop it or apply the compliment more generally to a group or the company as a whole. The flip side of this is that people may not express what they are thinking directly to you. The most common example of this is avoiding a hard no. Japanese people may tend to say things like, that might be a little difficult, to avoid directly contradicting what someone else says. This varies from person to person, but it may also mean that you will end up hearing feedback indirectly rather than directly from the other person. This can apply to both positive and negative comments. This is related to the phrase, kuki o yomu, which means to read the air. In the West, the speaker is usually responsible to make sure that what they say is understood. If someone doesn't understand, the assumption is that the speaker didn't communicate clearly enough. But in Japan, the listener is expected to put in equal effort to understand what someone is communicating to them. Oftentimes, a lot is expressed by what is not said rather than what is explicitly stated. This is why it can be a good idea to have an interpreter present even if the meeting will take place completely in English. Because meaning is often expressed implicitly, It's best to have someone there who can translate what is going on rather than just the words that are being said. 
Something that may seem to contradict the importance of subtext in Japan is the fact that Japanese presentations usually contain more information than would be considered best practices in the United States in particular. In the States, we tend to place more emphasis on what the presenter says, while in Japan, people will consider the information on the slides to be what the presenter wants you to focus on. So consider including more slides, providing copies to your Japanese counterparts, and try to include Japanese translations if you can. Going back to the idea of saving face, Japanese people may be less likely to express confusion or ask for clarification. So the more clearly you can provide information, the better. And of course, remember to try to speak clearly and not to rush. Overall, just be as considerate as you can of any possible language barrier on their end. You may also want to consider taking notes if you are not already in the habit. It can show that you are really paying attention to what is being said in the presentation, and your Japanese counterparts are likely to do so themselves. Another thing to know is that you may often encounter what you might consider to be awkward silence more often while you are in Japan. However, silence doesn't always have the same connotation in Japan as in many Western countries. It's more common to leave space in conversations because it shows a certain respect for what the other person has said. It also shows that the person responding is actually taking the time to think carefully before offering what they have to say. So you should think about allowing more space in a conversation than you would ordinarily feel comfortable with. Since having a certain amount of space and silence in conversation is more normal in Japan, it can be easy to inadvertently interrupt the person you are speaking to. This can often be the root of people's complaints that their Japanese counterparts don't speak up as often as they should. Oftentimes they wanted to, but there wasn't enough of a gap for them to insert their thoughts in a culturally appropriate way. So just practice not interrupting or finishing people's sentences, and try to become comfortable with leaving a few moments of silence in a conversation. You might be surprised at how much of a difference this makes. Another aspect of conversation that might seem counterintuitive is that Japanese people may speak while you are speaking. This typically takes the form of some sort of agreement, affirmation, or just the sound mm, mm. All of these are simply meant to signal that the other person is really listening to and engaging with what you are saying. So if this happens to you, don't be offended and feel like you're being interrupted. They're just demonstrating how closely they're listening to what you're saying. And there we have it. I hope that you will feel a little bit less intimidated at the idea of going into a Japanese business meeting now that you have a better idea of what to expect. Try not to stress yourself out about it too much, as you will not be held to the same standards as a Japanese person would in terms of manners and cultural awareness. But if you still feel uncomfortable, I highly suggest listening again before your next meeting in Japan. Maybe even listen to it before having a meeting in your home country and think about what expectations and behaviors would be different if you were in Japan. If you can, ask someone you know who's been to Japan if these details match their experiences. Often, the information sticks better in your brain if you have concrete stories to attach them to. And remember, the more you learn, the more confident you will become as you explore what Japan has to offer you. So if you found the information today useful, I hope that you will subscribe for more Japanese language and cultural guidance. And if you enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more content in the future, please consider leaving a review. It really helps other people find the show. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email me at businesssuccessjapan at gmail.com. It's just the name of the show, all lowercase, all one word. 
Until next time, mata kondo.